On today's show, it's Friday. Let's have some fun in the NBA after a crazy, kind of stressful media day at times. We're going to play cap or no cap with some of the wildest quotes from across media day in the NBA this week. And then we will power rank the players most affected by the new offensive rules. Should be good. Nick Angstead, Adam Morris here on Locked On NBA on a Friday. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, if he does end up returning to your team, what specifically do you want to see from him on the court this season? Um, I mean, I'm sure we all seen videos, um, so man, that will help. And welcome, you're locked on to the... NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Lockdown Mavericks podcast, and joining me, as always, on a Friday from Lockdown Nuggets and DNVR. What you got for me, Adam Morris? Oh, I've just got a fun first week of training. Actually, it wasn't that fun. I lied. I just lied out of my teeth. <laughs> it was a not very fun first week of the NBA season. It's it's like it, it. So in in Texas, we have certain seasons, and there's not many seasons like you know physical seasons. <laughs> but what, one of them is called false fall, where you're okay. not you're not out of summer yet, and you get like right. the one or two days of seventy degrees, and you're starting right. to feel like oh dang, finally summer is over. That's what I feel like media day is. It's false fall because it's so true. The NBA is kind of here, but it's also not. It's not. And then next week we get preseason. We're going to be so pumped for that. And then the games are going to be like <laughs> ridiculous. They might not even be on television. And you're right. A lot of false summits before we really, really get to the top. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every single day. Remember, Lockdown NBA is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Lockdown NBA. All right. We are diving into the Ben Simmons situation. We're going to play a game called Cap or No Cap. And then Power Rank, as always, on a Friday. Let's start with the Ben Simmons situation. It it continues on. There's no real updates in this, right? It's just it's just whoever says something last is it's, it's <laughs> yeah. news, right? Like it just becomes the the thing of the day. Uh, Joel Embiid went on a pretty long quote about uh, an article, a quote, a something that he read that said that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were not a fit together, and he said it was quote borderline disrespectful to say that that they did not fit together. Uh, let's 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 pre let's pregame a little bit with our game cap or no cap. It's disrespectful <laughs> to say that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid didn't fit together or or aren't fitting together because he's not gone yet. Um, I'd say no cap. I mean, look, th- those guys really did. If you look at the net rating or or you know some of the advanced metrics when those guys were on the court, dominant during the regular season, even in the playoffs. You know, it wasn't necessarily indicative of what happened in the playoffs last year, or even if you go back several. I mean, Ben Simmons is both flaws, personal flaws as a player and fit on that team got exposed more in the playoffs. But if you said in aggregate, did those guys fit together? Yeah, I think what everything Joel Embiid said was was very true, except the part where he said it's disrespectful, this or that. Look. And he actually even talked about, I I think he was even referencing some of the things with Ben Simmons not showing up being being disrespectful, this or that. That part is true, but let's not forget where the disrespect began. This is is why the situation is so funny. You don't have to necessarily take a side. You could just look at it and say, I know why Joel Embiid said it was Simmons' fault last year. I know why Simmons is not at camp. Both guys are upset. Both guys were disrespectful. Here we are. 
And the same thing, like you said, to the fit. I can understand why people would say they don't fit together if your goal is, all right, can these two players that were top picks, that were the the culmination of the process, right. if these two players cannot fit together enough to win a championship, I can understand how you would say that, but they played good basketball together, right? Like they, they right. were like, uh, you know, a, like a really good winning team for a while. 50 wins, 50 wins. Uh, the equivalent of like 50 wins and then almost 50 wins last year in a, in a truncated season. So they fit together. They played pretty well together. They played good. They played good basketball. They may not have right. played great basketball together. They played. I think they played great basketball in the regular season and they played very good basketball for most of the playoffs. And so I, I don't. So this is what's so interesting about the NBA. If you would have thrown out this last season, if you never going into the season, in fact, People thought the Milwaukee Bucks were, oh, they'll never get over the hump or they've got some fatal flaw. Now nobody thinks that. Could could the 76ers have gotten over a hump this season if there was a better vibe around the team? Maybe. And then we just talk about how they grew and did this. But, I mean, look, the train's left the station. The ship has sailed. This thing is already gone, and I think everybody knows it. And now every single word that is uttered outside of the 76ers camp is full cap. This is just, we are trying to retain any ounce of value. We would love for him to be here. There's still a chance. I still believe we can, if he comes by, I still believe. No, they don't. You just want to, you, you just know every day he doesn't show up, puts more pressure on you. Yeah. And it, well, in defense, if Joel Embiid came out and said, yeah, he's not coming back. Right? Like, <laughs> that doesn't look like a good, like a good teammate. Cause if he does come back, then all of a sudden he's like, oh, he didn't believe in me. All that kind of stuff. Are the you other- tired of the story at all, Nick? Like, because we, we, it's a slow – we've been watching this thing happen and develop all summer. Now it's here, and I'm just wondering, does it have legs, or are we just like, well, we're in a holding pattern? I feel like I've been tired of the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid story for like four years. Okay. <laughs> we've been waiting for them to break up, and now the breakup has started, and you're like, okay, yeah. well, they're breaking up. Uh, yeah, one so of them true. has moved out, basically. Them, right? <laughs> not returning text messages, definitely. The, yeah. the other part of this quote that I found so interesting was that Joel Embiid kept running through the list of like moves that the Sixers made to try and build a team around Ben Simmons yes. and like placate to his skills because of his situation. And Joel Embiid saying, "I think I can make any player work. I can make any right. player better on the floor." They kept bringing in shoot, kept bringing in shooters. He also said, "I don't need shooters." I don't know if that's true, Joel. Right? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know, I don't know if that's true. But I'm telling you, a lot of cap, a lot of cap from Embiid. <laughs> he says they. Sh- I thought that getting rid of Jimmy was a mistake. That's that's something he said, which I found kind of an interesting. You usually don't hear players go backwards in time and say, "Well, that that move that was made is was a mistake." They didn't really get rid of Jimmy so much as Jimmy got rid of them. But you know what? Doesn't also matter. The true. details. The details don't matter in this instance. Here's one thing. It's funny because Joel Embiid is in this press conference talking a little bit like a blogger because he's yeah. making <laughs> shooting. As like, hey, we built a team around him. We gave him shooting. Anybody watched the 76ers knows this was Joel Embiid's team. The style of basketball they played was more tailored towards Joel Embiid's skill set than it was Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons did, did make enormous sacrifices throughout his entire career. And for good reason. Joel Embiid is a better player and a more dominant player than Ben Simmons is. But this idea that this t- roster was built to Ben Simmons' strength and the style of play – I just don't think it's true, and and this is part of what makes the situation so interesting. Is you really can blame both sides equally for sort of how it how how it turned out. That's a duo, and more at more broadly speaking, it's an organization that never figured out how to capitalize on the very great start they got to the process. 
Absolutely. And if you went back, not last year, but the year before, that time that Joel Embiid missed when Ben Simmons was at the forefront, they they played Ben Simmons basketball, and it looked very different than what the Sixers normally did. They played up and down more. They didn't have as many half-court sets, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, So, yeah, to your point, they were built around Joel Embiid a little bit, right? Like shooting around a center is not like a new thing. And just posting him up so much. I mean, honestly, if you thought about what is a perfect Ben Simmons team, and first of all, let me just say, I'm not sure Ben Simmons is a good enough guy. I'm sure there's teams out there that would rebuild and say, okay, everything around you. But I don't know that he's good enough that it's definitive. He's not like Giannis. He's not like LeBron. He's just a little bit below those guys. But if you were to build a team entirely around his talents, I think you would give him a lot of shooting, put the ball in his hands, and his big man would be Jared Allen. Set a screen roll to the basket, try to dunk it. That's it. You wouldn't have a guy that's posting up and in the paint and this or that, or so maybe you give him a pick and pop big or something like that, but, but definitely not Joel Embiid. That's not to say they wouldn't, couldn't have, shouldn't have made it work or, or could have, couldn't have made it work, but I just don't think it's an I- ideal. And I think it's very obvious to anybody that's watched the 76ers that that was Embiid's team that Simmons had to tailor his game around. Absolutely. All right, coming up, we're going to play a game of cap or no cap, whether we say that uh, quotes from media day were basically true or false, or we're, we're calling we're calling uh, shenanigans on it, I guess is maybe the, <laughs> the right way to do it. But before we do, let me tell you about Indeed.com. General managers ask questions to find the right players. They say, does Joel Embiid fit with Ben Simmons? Well, you need to know <laughs> if this new player that you're going to draft or this new person you're going to hire for your team is going to fit. They're asked questions like, do they have ice in their veins? When you're hiring, you need the Indeed assessments to make sure that your candidates have the skills that you need. You can just put a little box there that says, can you shoot threes? Will you shoot threes? Will you only shoot threes in a off-season workout video, or will you actually do it during the game? You can put that in your Indeed assessment. Go and check out Indeed.com. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com. Those are the ones that show up at the top. As soon as somebody searches for your job, they're going to see that sponsored job thing. So go get it. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Ooh, right now, all Built Bites, 30 bucks for a box. You can go get them. Uh, the bites are just like a, a even more like uh, carryable, like snack size version. It's the fun size version of the candy bar, right? Like This is what these Built nice. Bites are. Uh, and they have all kinds of flavors that you can go check out right now. Cherry Lime is a new one that they got their push right now. Peanut Butter Brownie, Coconut Almond is good. Mint Brownie is the probably the best consistent one they have all the time. Raspberry, Cherry Barcia. People love the cookies and cream. You can go get them at Built.com, and you can use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off uh, for all their products. The Bites, the Full Bars, the Puffs. The broth, the boost, any kind of stuff that you can get at Built that helps you. And they're good for you. The Cherry Lime Bar, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar in that bar. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, Adam Mares, let's get into a game, cap or no cap. I'm going to be giving you some quotes, and we're going to decide if it's cap or no cap. The first one, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm I'm volleyballing one up for you right now. I'm, I'm setting this one up for you. This one's I, an obvious. I can't wait. Let's I do it. I know you're ready for this one. LeBron on changing his number yeah. from, from, to, from 23 to 6. Quote, it's always been part of me, to be honest. 
Oh, God, man, that was way worse than I thought it was going to be when you teed it up. It's cap. Come on, man. It's all cap. LeBron has only has only embellished, exaggerated. He's only uh, put the flair on everything he's ever said over the last like 10 years. This is this is fully cap. Uh, totally cap. Come on now. I don't even know what that means. This number always has been always, always been part of me. What does that mean? The number six, huh? Is there a number that you feel has always been part of you? Uh, I no. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't even. You're right. I don't know what it means. This is cap. Come on, LeBron. Uh, yeah, that was that, that was funny to me. A little, a little, just like a little too Hollywood, maybe. Okay. LeBron, get out of LA a little bit, LeBron. All right, next one. Frank Vogel says LeBron is losing his voice because of quote the intensity of today's practice. Now I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you this. Is it because of the intensity, or is it because all the players of the team are so old that he has to yell louder? <laughs> it might be that one. It might be the second one. This one I actually believe. Frank Vogel telling the truth here. LeBron James, 82 game season, didn't win a championship last year. Sees the clock ticking. I think he's dialed in. He's locked in. He's screaming at camp. We'll see if he's screaming. You know. In January, February, all-star break practice. We'll see if he's screaming then. But right now, he's definitely uh, winning the wind sprints, all that stuff. Yeah, no cap for me, for sure. All right, next one. My favorite quote from Media Day, from any Media Day that happened across the NBA. There was a big story that came out that a certain general manager went to a certain player's hotel room and played a piano for him, and Zion Williamson (laughs) had this quote. Quote, I am not letting a grown man come to my hotel room and play the piano for me. Is this cap or no cap that Zion Williamson would do? I'm I'm gonna say it's no cap, but it's but it is it did happen. Like I don't think you're it telling happened. me if like John Baptiste was like, "Hey Zion, you want to hang out and I can like play piano in your room?" That he wouldn't be like, he, "Yeah, he man." Sure. Said, yeah, no, he would have said no. And definitely if David Griffin showed up with a keyboard and said, hey, I got a little ditty for you, he would have preferred that did not happen. But it did. And so he was like, what am I supposed to do here? What am I, gonna, I, I got to listen to this. I'm going to say cap because I think there'd be certain players. Like John Baptiste is the perfect example. He's from New Orleans. He's on the, you know, he's he's an incredible piano player. If, if John, John Baptiste came up to Zion and was like, hey, I got this keyboard. Can we go jam in your hotel room? He would be like, yes. Look, New Orleans keyboardist, I don't know if he would have if he would have been down with that. If you give me a New York keyboardist, like okay, maybe an Alicia Keys or he would have been in. If there was a New York <laughs> if Alicia keyboardist, Keys came up to him with a keyboard. Well, he he'd say he's his grown it. he's his grown man, so <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> if Elton go. John came up to him and was like <laughs> This happened though, like right. And Zion also, I feel like he denied this story while ex- while also being like wink. Yeah, it happened. Cause yeah, he's like, right. no, man, he didn't bring a piano. There might have been a keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) Might have been a keyboard. All right. Uh, Okay, here's the real one, I think. Draymond says he doesn't believe his spicy podcast with Kevin Durant last month had any effect on his relationships with Warriors Steve Kerr, uh, with Warriors head coach Steve Kerr and team president Bob Myers. Quote, no different than before, he says. If you remember the interview with with Durant and with Draymond Green, where Draymond basically calls out right. the coach yep. and the GM for the whole Kevin Durant situation going south. I'm calling cap on this. There's no way the relationship isn't changed at all. I'm calling no cap. Not because it didn't change like that, that but because it was already bad. Like, I think already it was like <laughs> it was weird already between there. them. This is not a new thing. I mean, this goes all the way back 
Steve Kerr, didn't he have the weird press conference after the 2017 championship? Like when they were doing the parade, he had the weird Draymond call out. Those two have been, I think, awkward for for years, but there's also like a mutual appreciation and respect to this or that. So yeah. it works, but I, I, I believe him. <laughs> I think it's more common than people realize that coaches and players can have a respect for each other professionally and no relationship or an adversarial relationship once the like practice or game is over. Yeah. The father son type thing doesn't really happen, right? No, like that, yeah. that doesn't really happen in the NBA. Very like we're, we're hearing it all week with the Belichick Brady stuff, right? Like the right. way that Belichick like treated him, by the way, uh, whatever light fixture in your house looks exactly like a tiny chef's hat on top of your head right now. This is if you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see this floating. Next week, I'll have a set. Next week, I'll be back to having a set. I can't wait. Uh, okay, here's one that made me go, wait, what? Kyle Anderson, quote, this team hasn't seen old. I've seen some old guys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a great quote. Uh <laughs> I'm going to say no cap. I believe think, he has seen some old guys. Kyle Anderson has seen some old guys. I believe he has. That was just a dumb quote. That, that uh, is, but it's a great one. All right, cap or no cap. As you would expect, Chris Paul said he has been talking to Devin Booker, quote, every day, all day, while Devin Booker is away from the Phoenix Suns right now. I'm going to say cap. There's I would no imagine, way. Yeah, they're, they're probably texting like – this is kind of funny, right? Because this is like when your mom's like, you never call. And you're like, yeah. I always call. And the truth is, baby, so we're in the between. Like, okay, I call once a week or twice a week. So I, I would say he probably <laughs> texts him once a day, and it feels like all day to him. Yeah, right. Is that all day? Yeah. And texting Maybe twice. All day? He, like, likes an Instagram post. He counts that as communication. Devin Booker's sitting there at home, like, like COVID. He's like, oh, I'm trying to get over this. And then all of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> nonstop. His phone just like vibrates off the off the end table. Yeah. All right, Thunder coach Mark Dagnalt says on Josh Giddy's role, "quote I don't know yet." <laughs> there's, 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 I'm calling cap on this. There's no way he doesn't know what Josh Giddy's role is going to be. Uh, I'm calling cap as well. <laughs> this is a great one too because you're. I yeah. I'm calling Cap. It's very clear what his role is going to be. Yeah, the quote goes on. Certainly when he's on the floor with Shea, it'll be off the ball mostly, but that doesn't mean exclusively. So he says what it is. He right. says what his role is going to be after that. Anyway. That I guess was- in the most literal sense, it's true. Like, I don't know how this season's going to go. Yeah. But come on. Maybe we'll play him at center. I don't know. We have no idea. Uh, okay. The Boston Celtics have become pr- – re-enamored with a player that they used to have. Uh, Coach Ime Udoka says that Al Horford arrived to camp in great shape for a 15-year-old vet. Quote, whether he found the fountain of youth or it's all the time that he had off, we're loving what we're seeing from him. I just want to know, should we buy this Al Horford stuff from from Celtics camp? Because it seems like he's going to be the starting center, and it's just all back to, all right, Al is our guy again. No, he's good, and there is something to – like. I'm I'm selling it if you think Al Horford's going to be one of the five best centers in the NBA this year. I'm selling that. Fair. Which is what he was maybe three, four years ago. You know, he he was in that conversation. Now, no, but can I believe that he is a serviceable center? Yeah. So I'm going to call no cap on this. In great shape for a 15-year-old vet. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. believe, I'm believing that too. Yeah, Al Horford seems like a guy that stays in shape. Okay, this is like one of those, the the Jesus and Mero allegedly thing we have to do over, over and over. Allegedly, this is allegedly. Uh Joe Freeman, Blazers beat writer, says, I've talked to people who say 
Portland's been hesitant to move CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons because they think CJ is a better, more polished adult player than Ben Simmons. Do we wow. believe that Portland says this, that they believe this, that he's a more um, adult player? Than I'm going to call cap on this. I'm going to call cap on this. Then I think uh, this would be an incredible trade for Portland. Are you kidding me? It is weird because they set up their plans this season, bringing in Larry Nance Jr. Like they didn't really fit. They didn't really get their team prepared for a Ben Simmons trade. But that being said, like, come on, CJ McCollum is good. Is he a top? 20 guard top 15 guard i mean is this i know it sounds like a hot take but you start naming off the guards that are in the nba there's so many good ones cj mccollum is really good he's an above average second guard but get out like no you could trade him yeah i've adult or child you could trade him the adult word is kind of interesting to me and kind of throwing me off but it's like okay if they're gonna say if they're gonna say that even just internally then i don't think they're gonna trade for him if that's the way that they look at him This is here's what I will say reports like this one, because if you look around and say, where's Ben Simmons going to land? Portland is obviously one of the teams that is highest on the list of what people think. This is the type of thing you feed reporters right now. Like we're so not interested. It's not just that we're not interested. We're I mean, maybe if they lower the price a lot, but right now we are so not interested in him because he's not like you're just this is the game that's being played. So maybe they did say it, but whether they really think it, I'm going to call cap. Another Grizzlies quote, one of my favorite quotes in the NBA, Stephen Adams. Uh, a reporter said that Stephen Adams is, quote, the old man of the team, which he is the <laughs> oldest player on the Memphis Grizzlies right now. And what? he was born in 1993. <laughs> he, wow. is, he is 28 years old, just turned 28 years old recently. Uh, he said, Stephen Adams says, quote, it cuts me deep. Why did you say it, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it cuts him that deep. <laughs> I, just I don't thought know if that was... cuts it, it cuts him that deep. Steven Adams, I feel like just, you know. He's cut already. He's doing he's all very right. cut. Aquaman. All right, last one for you. On Jimmy Kimmel's show, uh, Dwayne Wade's partner and wife, Gabrielle Union, said that she dropped $20,000 in a strip club in trips with Dwayne Wade. Cap or no cap? No cap. Very believable. Um, <laughs> and also, we don't need all these details. I feel like we get too many details of Dwayne Wade's and, and Gabrielle Union's life. I I don't I don't need them all. I'm, I'm okay. That's not even the most detailed thing we've heard about them. <laughs> it's definitely not, and uh, didn't need this one either, though. <laughs> all right, coming. hold up. I got one. I got the one for you. Oh though. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. All right. So the one for you came from Pat Bev. I think this one was today or yesterday. He says they, meaning the Clippers, they asked me what team did I want to go to? And one of the first teams I said was the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> what? No, come on. This is Cat. The first team he thinks of is the Timberwolves? He can he name said any one team. Of the first. Another quote said that he gave him three teams and the Timberwolves were in the top two. So, again, there's no chance, right? Come on. So there's only one team you'd rather go to? I know. I wonder if, if Minnesota's number one, who's number – or number two, which like Orlando the, number like one? Like the Thunder, yeah. Sacramento, <laughs> yeah, right. Oklahoma City. And I'm not sure he's even going to start in Minnesota. I I don't I don't know, man. I just I just know I just do not believe it. I'm calling cap on this <laughs> for sure. I, we'll see how that Patrick Beverly thing goes. All right, coming up, we're gonna go back to our power rankings in the NBA. The NBA is announcing some new rules. Some of them I like and I think that are good for the game. And there's one of them I think is really, really good for the game. And so we're going to break down the players most affected by these new rules coming up. 
But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. I alluded to the Brady-Belichick Bowl. Oh, they're right on the front page. You can bet on all kinds of stuff in this game. There's so many lines, so many odds. It's just it's almost nauseating how many things you can you can bet on at this point. Uh, <laughs> who will catch Brady's record-breaking pass? He's about to break the record for, I think, yards all time. Gronkowski is seven uh seven and two. Chris Godwin is four to one. Mike Evans four to one. You can put some money on that if you want to. Uh let's see. <laughs> what will be said first during the broadcast? Brady. Jones or Belichick? <laughs> which, what? Which word will be said first on the broadcast? You can go bet on that if you want to. I bet online. That's actually super fun. I'm down with that. That's a great <laughs> one. How many people will watch Tom Bra- or the Patriots versus the uh, Buccaneers? Over under 26 and a half million. That's another fun one. This is great. <laughs> These are great bets. What are we, this, you're luring me in. <laughs> BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Adam Mares, let's get into our power rankings. The NBA referees of, or the NBA officials came out with new rules uh, for the 2021-22 NBA season, there will be an interpretive change in the officiating of overt, abrupt, or abnormal non-basketball moves by offensive players with the ball in an effort to draw fouls. The following points of education videos showcase areas where change was needed. They show a bunch of videos about different things. There's non-basketball moves. It's essentially the moves where uh, you know, a player will pump fake and a def- defensive player will dive at them, basically, and then the offensive player will go out of their way to run into them or lean into them and then take an off awkward off balance shot or the Trey young, Chris Paul play where they back up into somebody and while they're, you know, running down the lane, those kind of plays are going to be uh, interpreted differently this year. And so I think that's great. They're taking that out of the game. I think that that's an incredible move because it just made basketball unwatchable. Like I I cover Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. There are just times when he does things and you're like, okay, yeah, it was a good, smart, savvy move, but like, it's just so annoying to watch. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, this is definitely good. I, I am curious. You mentioned the Chris Paul stick the butt out, kind of stop on a dime thing. I wonder if that's part of this. I can't get clarification if that specific action is. It was one of the. It was one of the plays in the clips that they showed. It was okay. That's great. Okay, so then definitely they showed. I'm yeah. all for it because here's the thing: is there are plays where a change of pace or a sudden stop. Those are basketball moves, right? Like if you have a hesitation, you're Actually, what you are doing is changing up your speed to trick the defense, so we allow it. But I do think that that specifically with trying to get guys to run into you, um, to me, is like taking advantage of that that sort of dynamic, and I don't like it. So I'm I'm glad to hear that as part of the points of emphasis. So we're going to power rank the players that this affects the most, but quickly, there's one other change that was announced. The NBA announces it has officially eliminated referee-initiated replay reviews on out-of-bounds violations during the last two minutes of the fourth period and last two minutes of any overtime period. That's great. Oh, finally, we're not going to have like hour-long ends of games. Every time my wife comes in during a game, she's like, oh, how much time is left? I'm like, oh, five minutes. She goes, okay, I'll see you in 45 minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, another great change that I think that, that the NBA is uh, Im- implementing here. Okay. All righty. I'm with it. I'm with that one. All right. So let's power rank the player, the five players that are going to be the most affected by this ruling where it's changing the rules, where you can't do the whole lean in or back up or all that kind of stuff and make an awkward off balance move. That isn't a basketball play. Number five for me, 
little sneaky one. Steph Curry, he's he's flailing all over the place. Man, his, his legs are sticking on. out all over the place. He's he's wow. he's flailing on this one. I can't believe you. No way. Come on, he's like he's just a great shooter. He flails because people hit him, and he still makes it. He's a great shooter. I don't. He is not on my top five. You don't think he leans or anything like that? I don't think if we like think about who's going to be affected this year, I don't know that Steph. I don't think Steph Curry will necessarily be a affected that much okay my other one though i was gonna i was going back and forth between these two the other one was devin booker i was gonna put at five because devin booker throws the foot out a lot like on these on those jumpers he's always like falling down after somebody hits his foot he definitely does a lot of this um i don't know that he's in would wouldn't have made my top five either but he is higher on the list than steph curry for me all right number four christian emmanuel paul Chris Paul, but this is like his whole game basically yeah. now at this point. I don't know if his name middle name's Emmanuel, but uh, yeah, this is his game right now. I think that he'll be able to figure it out, and he's smart enough to get over it. But yeah, he's the one that, man, that backup move. He basically taught everyone that move. The the NBA Rules Committee or whatever it's called, Competition Committee, they can never outdo Chris Paul. He's always <laughs> one step ahead of them. So you're right. This he's going to have to adjust his game. But he's already thought of the next wave of whatever this yeah, is. Yeah. Like, hey, you know what? They didn't emphasize this new thing. Because you think about it, they got rid of that rip-through, right? They got yep. rid of it. So yeah, when the, you rip-through, it's not a shooting KD rip-through, yep. But what does Chris Paul do? He just waits till you're in the bonus. He'll rip-through eight times in two minutes if you're in the bonus. <laughs> because at that point, it's just a one-on-one. So you automatically or, or, or the bonus. So, um, yes, he has to change. He is one of the biggest defenders of this. But he'll figure something new out. All right, number three may surprise some people that it's only at three. Trey Young. Okay, I could see it. He's definitely, I mean, he's easily top three. Easily top three, but yeah, I think he's only three. Uh, the backup move where you, you drive into the paint a little bit, yeah. you got the defender on your butt, and then you just like flail backwards. Nobody takes a shot like that, but. Trey yeah. has, yeah, Trey has the added benefit of being like 150 pounds. Yeah, so right. everybody in the NBA, if they just barely like bump into him, he falls over. Not even flopping, he just does fall over. So any movement I, is a lot of movement on that. To- totally. So yeah, he, his two game's gonna be a, who's gonna be affected a lot. The two of, ahead of him, like these three players, had to be up here in the top three. There's just no getting around putting these three players. Number two may surprise some people, but he's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. James Harden. This is like almost the rule. Like James this is almost Harden the, has gone under the radar on this move. He invented it. That's what I'm saying. But he, he is not the one that people are talking about the most on Twitter right now. I went through the mentions on all the, like a bunch of the mentions of people out of these uh, NBA official tweets. And it was like the two players at one and three mentioned more. And I was like, this is James Harden's rule. Basically. It definitely is. I mean, a lot of these are his moves, but I don't, he would have been in hit. my top five. He probably would have been five though. He probably would have And it's five. to his credit. No, he's got to be in the top three to me. I, all right. I'm so curious now who your number one is. Oh, it's Luka Doncic. I watch him. He does this. Wow. He does this twice a game. Like he does some <laughs> of these moves like this. And it really annoys me. But he does this so often. Right. This is like a huge part of his game right now. I have a prediction. Neither Harden nor Doncic, like they're still going to get the most of these calls. That's my prediction. They're both big. And I just think there's something to like, the way they do it is just a little bit different than the Trey Youngs of the world, you know. And I think that they're still going to get it to to get these foul calls because there is it is a fine line, right, between oh I jumped forward and a yeah. guy hit you even though you even though you jumped forward they still took away your space or what have you. I think these guys are. I think those two they they might be in my top five, but they'd be right around five. You missed number one though. 
There's a number one that you missed completely. Who did I miss? The biggest offender, a man who had 55 in the first round of the playoffs last year on 28 free throw attempts, Damian Lillard. He is wow. the absolute king of these, uh, like, jumping sideways, shot fake, jump to the left, jump forward, jump backward. He does these nonstop. He pulls up from deep. Damian Lillard, to me, is the number one offender. He would have been number one on my list. Interesting. Okay. I can hear so that. So much so that if this rule – I'm not convinced this rule is going to have any impact because I don't know if it's going to be enforced. But <laughs> It's it hard is, to enforce it. I'm discounting the Portland Trailblazers two games just for this rule alone. Two wins just because – Two wins. <laughs> two wins just to, so where I think it's going to affect these guys' games, like Luka and Harden, is the bailout plays, right? Like Luka would use this play a lot – Last last season yeah, when they were running down, running out of time, and he's like, "Let me just try and throw something up." And it's almost like the trying to get a false start on, on offense in the NFL, right? Like right. you're just sitting there trying to draw them off sides. That's a great Basically, comparison. Yeah, I'm sitting here watching the Thursday night football game on the left. <laughs> That's why I have so many football analogies today. That's the dumbest thing that happens in any sport is that whole fourth down and. It's, oh, it's I know. And they go out there and they just they take the penalty or whatever, wind it down, and everybody sees it coming. Now so we're bad. doing football talk. But the, it was 53 <laughs> seconds left in the second quarter. The Bengals were on, like, the their one-yard line. So, like, wait, like 99 yeah. yards from a touchdown. And they're, like, trying to draw the Jaguars off sides. You're like, they're not going to go for it, right? Like, <laughs> they're just not. There's no reason for them to. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there you go. That's the top five. What do you think? Let us know in the comments if you think Damian Lillard should be in the top five or if you think the top five of Luka, Harden, Trey Young, Chris Paul, and Steph Curry should be the the, the five right there. There you go. Nick Angstead, Locked On Mavs. Adam Morris, you can listen to him on Locked On Nuggets. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Boom. Oh.